Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. Welcome to Spider Scoop episode 24, I believe. As always, I'm your host, Noah Goldberg, with ESPN Richmond. We are without our struggling Charlotte Hornets fan, Austin Daisy, as he is driving back from the Robin Center right now. I'm joined by, as always, the A-10's leading three-point shooter from a season ago. He scored over 1,000 points in his career, Nick Sherrod. We are fresh off a Northern Iowa double-digit win for Richmond. Nick, give me your instant reactions. We had three double-doubles, a career night from Tyler. whole lot to talk about. What would you think? Um, yeah, no, it was a really exciting game. Uh, I thought in the first half the guys were pretty sluggish, um, and they seemed out of whack a little bit, but they really picked it up in the second half. I was especially impressed. Uh, with the defensive effort, uh, they shoot a lot of threes. They made 20 threes in a game this season already. And for us to hold them to that, that percentage and to that, uh, to and the lack of threes that they were able to make was pretty impressive. And obviously, Tyler Burton with a big time game, not often you see wings get 20 and 10 like that. So, from the playoff, that is a big step, and we're going to need that moving forward. Yeah, definitely. And I think, like we said, you know, we've all known that Tyler's always going to be a double double threat. You know, everyone can kind of see that coming. But the biggest concerns for for them were not that he wasn't going to be a, a, a valuable starter per se, but that just the matchup style, right? Where when a guy like you goes down, where you're just spraying from three from 30 plus feet, the thing is, it's not that Tyler can't play, but it's that, you know, it, Nate doesn't shoot threes that much. What happens to the floor spacing? How much does his ability that he just keeps showing us early in the season that whether it's off the catch, whether it's off the dribble, you know, how much does his confidence right now shooting these threes, you know, help kind of mitigate what they're losing in you? Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think I was talking to somebody about this this morning. I think that the guys are getting comfortable with his style of play um, and what he brings to the table. I think you can see that tonight. They're telling they're they're running more handoffs uh, for him to get the ball. They're posting they're posting him up more. They're they're confident in what he can do with the ball, and that's important because obviously when you put a new starter in there with four other seniors, you're trying to find chemistry and you're trying to figure out how everybody plays together when guys have already been playing together. And Tyler brings a completely different dynamic than what they have in the lineup. And for him to have the confidence in himself and for the guys to have confidence in him to take those shots, it's super important. And I think that the more confidence that he gets, the higher the ceiling is for the team. Mm. So, so you touched on in the, you know, in the, in the opening bit about how obviously, you know, Richmond kind of came out sluggish. They turned, you know, I think nine first half turnovers, you know, maybe the defense wasn't too hot on the pick and roll. Um, and obviously, you know, really turned that around. They cleaned up in the second half once again. And, and this seems to be the story this year over and over again, where they're really coming out slow and, and figuring out at halftime. Um, you know, what adjustments did you see them make at the half? You know, maybe part of that has to do with Andre getting limited first half minutes because he got into foul trouble. That's a guy that's given him really good defense off the bench. Do you think that had a factor? You know, what did you what changes did you see um, in, out of the locker room? I love the biggest thing. And I think that, you know, especially in the early season when you're and especially in a year like this, when the scatter reports aren't going to be as detailed because the games are coming back to back and sometimes you don't know who you're playing. Just played a tough team to scout on Monday and then play another turnaround and play another pretty tough te team to scout on Wednesday. I think the biggest thing is effort. Um, I noticed in the game against Wofford, especially in this game, I think the first half was just effort. Uh, boost balls, the rebound, some of the closeouts were a little bit weak. And those are stuff that obviously you talk about in the scouting report, but those are things that, those are player controlled things. You know, you can't, you can't uh, scout for boxing out. You can't scout for closing out hard to shooters. So I think in the second half, the guys are just more locked in. Um, when you're down, when you're down, when you go down 11 with, four minutes left in the first half, uh, the game can slip away. So for them to cut to two and then take over in the second half, I think that was big. So I think the biggest thing right now is just effort. And as the season moves on, you start to clean up that stuff. Right now, it's just about effort and coming out and playing hard from the beginning. Yeah. And I do think, you know, if you want to find a silver lining, right, like it is a valuable thing to, to early in the season, especially maybe in some lower risk games, maybe you feel comfortable playing from behind a little bit more to, to, to get experience, you know, against Wofford being down five 
with less than three minutes, you know, you've now shown yourself. Cause I think I want to say it was two years ago or something, you know, my freshman year when you guys had a you know 20 loss season that you guys like, I don't know what it was, but whatever the stat was, whenever they were trailing under three minutes and even in close games, you guys were like horrendous that year. Right. So I think seeing that, you know, now a couple of times where, you know, I didn't, didn't lose the lead later or anything like that, but being able to show that they can play, you know, close-ish games at the end, um, I think is a good thing, especially when you're about to go into West Virginia and, you know, it's not going to be a packed house, but it's still a road game. There will be some fans and it's the 11th team in the country. They've got the 11th most efficient defense. I think a top 10, at least top 12 efficient offense. So, you know, it's good because that's a game that you're going to think is probably going to be close down the line. So, you know, that you can hang in those games, but on the flip side, right. You can't come out against West Virginia this Sunday. Like you did against Wofford in the first half, probably not like you did against this UNI team. And let's not forget Northern Iowa tonight was without AJ Green, the Missouri Valley Conference preseason player of the year, a guy that, you know, doesn't just give them threes, doesn't just give them scoring, but just opens up everything they do offensively. You lose him. We saw Bowen Bourne has been a great scoring freshman, two of 11 from the field. It closes everything off for him. We saw Austin Fife, you know, he had a solid game, but he had the ankle thing. And I really think in the second half, they limited what he could do, especially, you know, on second chance opportunities. What do they need to do this Sunday? It's now twice in a row we've seen them not be consistent what do they have to do to come out of the gates focused like you said and and play 40 minutes of particularly good defense oh um, yeah i think the biggest thing for the next game i think the extra practice days are going to be huge i think we came yeah. off a restart so I, you don't want to make excuses because everybody's going through the similar stuff right now um but i think having a week off from practice and you were in a good rhythm and routine and then all of a sudden that gets cut short so that could that probably attributes uh, to some of the slow starts that we've been having but at the same time i think that um I think the, think the focus for the first five minutes of the game is, all, is always super important. I think that you saw today the first couple of possessions weren't that, weren't that good, and that's going to be a big indicator of how we're going to play in the first half, I think, uh, on Sunday. Uh, Coach always preaches the first two possessions. We have those usually scripted. Um, and so how those first four minutes go, I think, is going to be extremely important because, like you said, West Virginia, they're going to come out. They always come out ready to go, even if they're not making shots and they're going to get after you on the glass or get, get after you on defense, and you can't afford – to have a slow start. You can't afford to have nine turnovers in the first half. So I think that the extra practice days are going to help with that. Also more time in the scouting report, but I think the guys just have, I think they're going to be locked in. It's obviously a huge game, but you can't come out uh, sluggish and the rhythm of the offense, I think is also super important. Mm. So uh, I'd be interested to hear who do you think has the advantage in terms of COVID effects and just spacing of these games, Richmond who had the COVID pause and then had to play two games in, in three days, so now they've had a couple warm-up games, but they still have, like you said, they got like three, four days off. They have a decent amount of rest still for West Virginia. Whereas West Virginia, I think it was yesterday or today's game, their game was canceled um, because of I think the other program had COVID. So they've had, they're going to basically have had a five to six day layoff. Do you think, you know, is that an advantage for them getting the rest and really getting to scout Richmond? Or do you think that at that point, you're just kind of building up rust and anticipation? Um, I honestly think that, and I'm sure most other players would would agree i think the biggest thing is that you want you want to stay in a constant rhythm i think that once you get in the rhythm of playing two or three games a week you want to keep that as much as possible so i would say that richmond probably has a little bit of advantage rhythm wise um but saying that west virginia is not a great shooting team anyways so i think that like we talked about a little bit i think the biggest factors in that game are just going to be effort intensity and that also could be affected by west virginia not playing i'm sure they're practicing hard um in terms of like preparation and stuff like that um, whoever the coach is that has a scout for West Virginia for us and whoever the coach is that has a scout for Richmond for West Virginia, they've been scouting us and we've been scouting them for probably a week now. So 
I think it's more just how the players are going to come out and play. I think as a player, you'd rather have had some games under your belt. So I think the fact that, you know, we weren't coming off of a week restart and having to go to West Virginia was big for us. Um, I don't know how they feel about it. I'm sure they would rather play. I think that especially this year, you just want to play as many games as possible. So I think that you want to play. You want to keep, stay in that rhythm, and that's probably an advantage for Richmond here when they're in a rhythm already. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Like you said, you know, we, it was pretty clear off of Wofford that rhythm is super important to these teams, um, yeah. and especially, again, limited offseason, right? Um, you know, we got another, actually the same amount, 11 minutes yet again from Sal tonight. Got some second-half action, really gave him a boost. I think it wasn't a team high, was it? No, oh, he wasn't a team high, but he was second highest on the, or excuse me, third. Okay, so, but plus nine when he was on the court tonight. Um, he had a really nice block down on, uh, maybe it was Pickford, I can't remember, down the post, um, yeah. subbing it for Grant. But but what I was really impressed by tonight was we saw the versatility, right? Like, they've, they've talked, you guys have talked about that, especially with, I think, the way we've seen Matt progress this year, um, that they would kind of rather you sound more in, like, the four-slash-wing spot, per se, and we've seen him, you know, he doesn't have a handle. He doesn't have a great three-point shot, but his handle looks a little bit tighter this year than last year. He can hit him a little bit better, and I think he looks quicker laterally, not fouling as much. But tonight, we actually saw him at the five a little bit. You know, Matt didn't have a great game. Um, Grant had some struggles, and we saw him go in there and block some shots around the basket, and I think most importantly, was playing clean. He wasn't really fouling, and that's something, you know, keeping the arms straight up. He tends to bring the arms down. Um, what did you see out of him and you know, playing the five tonight, do you think he's better suited at the five or the wing or, or do you see him really going back and forth based on matchups? Um, yeah, no, so that was great. He was, he was good against Wofford in the first half and get a lot of minutes second half, but no, he was great tonight. Um, I think that for him, um, it's going to be a lot, it's going to be matchup dependent depending on how much he's playing and how the rhythm of the game is. I think when you have style at the five, I think that whatever Matt brings in terms of feel for the game offensively and shooting, you kind of, you get the opposite with style where he's a good defender he can move, um, and he's a, probably a better finisher. So I think it's just a, it's matchup dependent because Sal can slide between the four, um, the three, four, or the five, whereas Matt can only probably play five right now. Um, so I think it's just going to be the matchup and how the guys are playing and what Coach Mooney and the staff have planned for him. But I, I think it's it a good big sign that Sal played well on Monday, playing more of the wing, and then got more minutes in the second half and played well at five, just for his versatility and just for the fact that we know that we have confidence in him, that he can play whatever we need him to play, and that he's going to give us good minutes. Because I think – in his career, he's been up and down in terms of his minutes. He'll have a good, he'll have a good couple of plays and have a turnover or a travel or something like that. So the fact that he can keep stringing together good minutes and good productive minutes and helping the team is going is super important. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, one more thing I really want to get to is I want to talk about Grant Golding. So he had an interesting game, and 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 I think by the way I'm I'm going to be a little negative on him. Let me just preface this by the fact that I'm about to be negative on a guy that just had a double double. I think speaks okay. volumes to who Grant Golden is as a player. And the yeah. fact that he had a double-double in 23 minutes. Okay, so let's preface it with that. But 8 of 18 from the field, you know, that's not a great number when you're a guy who plays on the low block. One of two from three, all right. You know, he, play, he was really, really good on the glass. But I think, you know, what we all love about Grant, he did have four assists tonight. He's a passing big man, right? We know that. And it, and it looked like he, especially in the first half, but even in the second, he didn't seem to be seeing the floor as well. He had, I can count at least two. I want to say one to Blake, and I think one to Gilly too, where – he looked back door and I know it's something that you guys, you see it coming beforehand, but it almost looked really predetermined. Like he was throwing the ball before it was ever open and it really didn't look like the guy was going to get open. I know he threw one down to Blake where, I mean, it, it hit Blake in the, in the legs and there were two Panthers there before Blake was even close to the ball. What did you see out of him? You know, he looked frustrated at times. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but it just didn't seem like he was seeing the passing lanes quite well tonight. 
Yeah, I think that uh, obviously, again, it's just about rhythm. He was one of the guys who was in the uh, he was in the quarantine or whatever for a couple of days, mm-hmm. and he only had one practice. So I think he's just getting in the rhythm. I think that the story of pretty much the whole team so far has been like the rhythm offensively has been pretty inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that he's he's feeling that too. I think that um, just with the different off season and different practices and stuff, and then the break um, has kind of changed the rhythm of the offense, and you can tell we're a little bit more. I mean, obviously, the beginning of the season, you want to be better at the end of the season, but how we looked last year in terms of our offense, we don't really look that way so far. And I think it just comes down to rhythm and feel. Um, we've, only, we've only played, what, four games now? Um, so I think we're still figuring it out. And uh, obviously, we have confidence that Grant's going to continue to play well. Um, some of the backdoor passes, I think that, yeah, a lot of times I would say um, just from being out there, sometimes they're going to be predetermined. I think that sometimes you see an opening or you feel that it's just like a quarterback, you know, you feel the opening's going to be there um, before it is. So it's just a feel thing, and sometimes it's not there. You know, I know I've thrown backdoor passes before in my head before I even throw them. And sometimes the opening's there, sometimes it's not. Um, so I think that's just a feel thing. You keep playing with guys. I know that you're still building, that you're still building chemistry early in the season with players. Obviously, you, you play together a lot, but when there's an actual other team out there guarding you that's trying to steal the ball from you, sometimes it's hard to get that rhythm. So I think that uh, Grant's going to find the rhythm as well as the rest of the team offensively. It's just about continuing to get reps and continue to play. Yeah. And, and when you say all that, you know, how much does it, we've said it a billion times, but how much does it pay off having four seniors in your starting lineup? Right. Like if it's, if it's tough for these guys and we're clearly seeing them have trouble finding rhythm at times, like, you know, we just saw Duke lost to Illinois. Right. And they, you know, coach K also shout out coach K for like, now, listen, you know what? I'm, I am going to pause here and, and give a little coach K ran as a, as a former Duke fan. Um, I get the points he was making. And I think there are some fair statements in terms of lack of centralized leadership from the NCAA. And maybe we want to, I'm not saying they should stop college basketball by any means, but maybe we rethink how we're doing this, but for you to come out and say, we should reassess college basketball being played right now. When you just lost at home by double digits to Illinois. And it's like what the first time. And I don't even know. I I think, I don't even know how long, but they've now had two home non-conference losses. Like, like, how do you say that? Like, how do you say that after that game? I was talking to somebody about this earlier today. And as somebody who grew up a Duke fan um, and all that stuff, um, I think it was just bad timing because, like, I know coaches and I know players who feel the same way that he do that he does. Yeah. So, like, it's just like uh, we need to play. Like, we have to have the tournament. But we probably shouldn't be playing on some level. So it's just like we shouldn't – it's just like – we need businesses to open. We need that stuff to open, but that's on the same level. We probably don't want to do, want to do that. So, I got what he was saying. Like the points were good, but it's just like just the timing. Just the timing was terrible. The timing was yes. terrible. They got blasted. They've been getting blasted. <laughs> they, haven't looked that, they haven't looked that good. So, I mean, I could see why if you if you already don't like Duke, and that's already how you feel about him, then that was that was free that was free well, right? well you know you know what it probably was it was probably he was like i can't say my back hurts again i've used that the last like three years in a row <laughs> i've got i've got to mix it up i've got to have right. something else <laughs> yeah, <they're struggling. laughs> all right l- last thing and then i'll let you go um obviously connor didn't play again tonight they were hoping to have him at the beginning of the season he's been game to game um chris uh chris mooney said after the game that he's really close to he's in practice and he's really close to playing the entire practice once he gets to there and shows he can do it he's basically gonna pretty much be ready to play again unsure about sunday it sounds like it'll probably be game time again you know you played with him this off season what does he bring to the table and again just having more shooters 
floor spacers. I mean, this is a 19th team in the country that, you know, beat Kentucky and they potentially, you know, he could be their best scorer off the bench. What is he going to add to this team? Yeah. I think that another big thing is just like, you have, you have another guy who's had experience playing college basketball, so he doesn't need to get ready mentally mm-hmm. for what's going to be on the, what's, what is approaching him and what's going to be out there on the court. And that's huge. Like a lot of times when we are talking about these freshmen and stuff, one thing that we don't talk about is that they're really not ready to play college basketball as much as you think they are. And so when you have a guy coming off the bench who's played um, in the American Athletic Conference, he's been, to, he's been in tough environments, he's played at Wichita State, he's played at UConn, he's done all this stuff, nothing's going to phase him, nothing's going to be too fast. So that's the biggest thing. I think just another guy with experience, another guy that you can put out there, you know he's not going to be fr- afraid. And, and he's chomping at the bit already to play with already having a solid freshman season. And then just the shooting, obviously the shooting and then the playmaking ability that he's going to bring. Um, we don't really have a catch-and-shoot threat right now. Tyler's can be into that role, but I don't think that's his natural role. I think uh, Crab can do a lot of that stuff. And he's also another guy who's he's tall. He's a pretty good athlete, all that stuff. So I think that, again, kind of like Tyler was off the bench, just another change of pace. Uh, you bring him in there, he's going he's gonna to knock down shots. He's, gonna, he's strong. He's confident. Um, so I think he's going to be huge. Definitely going to excited to see what he can do. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. All right, well, that's it from us. Quick uh, post-game recap. Spiders win 78-68 to 68 over Northern Iowa. They're going to have a nice little uh, little break here, and then Sunday at 1 o'clock on ESPN, West Virginia. Big game coming up, number 11 in the country, I think, right? Um, so we'll be back for that. Nick, appreciate you as always, and uh, we'll see you guys on Friday. I feel like done got it. How about a Benz, baby? I feel like God like I feel like taking some drink right now and pouring it over my niggas. We ain't never turned down. I'm a big dipper. Big tipper. You want it, you buy it, you get it. Cash on the liver. Rose on my liver. Dead shots, dead shots for my enemy. Still got a money machine clicking. You know how I kick it. Even a witness gon' see you in the penitentiary, wait He get it, she get it, they get it too Lay on your spray on your hop in the coop You didn't know about my world Till I introduce you You can be sober as fuck Cause money is gon' seduce you My hustle is gon' seduce you My vibe ain't none of these niggas compared to me Don't none of these niggas compare to me Most of these niggas are fans of me I really appreciate it I really, I really, I really, I really, I do Majority bitches ain't loyal to y'all Them been ran through I stay at it, get at it, work on it, count up and count up and count up. Lay back and lay back and sit back and lay back and flip through the channels. I flip through the channel, I'm watching the streets and I know I'm the zone. I see in the animals, I see the riders, I see in there. I got some homies that just got out, some ones that just went in. The deeper the ocean, the deeper the pain. Blew out the brain, switch through lanes. Ain't got a call, I no names. They know I'm married to the gang. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.